Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chayei Sora. Parshas Chayei Sora is conveniently broken down into three parts. The first 20 psukim deal with Avraham's acquisition of a burial plot for Sora. And many, interestingly, consider this actually one of the ten tests that the Mishnah speaks of in the fifth chapter of Avos, that even beyond the Akedah, now that he needs a burial place for his wife, Sarah, even though God promised him, this land is your land, still he had to pay an excessive and an exorbitant amount of money to acquire a plot for her. Interestingly, we see how important and crucial it is Kever Yisrael, that a Jew be buried in a Jewish cemetery. And once I'm mentioning the word buried, it's important to know that Jewish law requires that the body be buried in the ground as opposed to, God forbid, cremated or even above ground burial. The next part of the parasha devotes no less than 67 psukim for the acquisition of a wife for Yitzchak. The criteria that Eliezer, the Eved Avraham, utilizes in terms of finding and identifying Rivka as being the one to marry Yitzchak. And finally, the last part of the parsha deals with the passing of Avraham and of Yishmael, and just take a peek at the last verse and the Balaturim, for there is a beautiful remez to the coming of Moshiach. I'd like to focus on the middle part of the parsha, Eliezer's criteria for selecting a wife for Yitzchak, and it's clear that he uses the criteria of chesed, of kindness. The girl who will be kind enough to A, give me the water, and afterwards draw and feed for all the animals, that's the one. Now, at first glance, what we have here is chesed, kindness, in the excess, not just a simple act of kindness, but almost like in the extreme. Why was this the necessary criteria for Rivka's worthiness to become a matriarch of the Jewish people? I'd like to suggest that our rabbis tell us why did God create the world in the first place? And one of the primary answers that's given is Teva Hatov Lahitiv. The nature of the good one, God, is Lahitiv to bestow and give goodness to all. Poseaches Yodecha, as we say thrice daily in Ashrei, God opens up his hands, Umazbia Lochol Chai, and he satiates all living beings, Ratzon. 
in accordance with his will, in accordance with their will. The bottom line is that God is the ultimate provider. Now, unfortunately, as we read in the beginning of Noach, the land was filled with violence, which was literally contrary to the very purpose of the creation of this world, and therefore God said the world had to be destroyed. The world is rebuilt through Noah. Now we know that the ark that Hashem tells Noah to make was the most incredible, miraculous, floating zoo. The Ramban writes that even ten arks naturally could not have been sufficient to house all the animals and all the food for that year's journey. However, it was a miracle. So once there was so many miracles going on in this ark, couldn't there be one more miracle, namely that the animals would have had at each compartment an automatic feeder. Noah and his sons could have gone once a week and filled up these feeders. The animals would then go take their food themselves, and Noah would have had time to do the dafyomi, to relax a little bit. And instead, what do we find at the end of the Gemara Sanhedrin? That Eliezer, Eber Avram from this week's parsha, asks, Shame. Ben Noach, shame the son of Noach who survives the flood. Tell me, what was it like on the ark? And shame answers, it was horrific. What does that mean? It means that we were busy literally 24-7. We were busy all day. Those animals which had to be fed by day, we fed by day. Those that needed to be fed at night, got their feeding at night. We were busy day and night. And the obvious question is, why? Why couldn't there have been this automatic feeder? And perhaps an answer is, is because given that the world was deficient in chesed, in order to have the foundation of the new world based on chesed, you couldn't have chesed, forgive me, with a small ches. You needed chesed in a very strong, excessive manner. And this became the foundation for the new world order. Hence, Noah and his sons busy constantly day and night. And now we move on to Avram Avinu in last week's parsha. And Avram, as we know, is the paradigm of chesed. And look at his hachnasas orchim. And if you take a step back, you'll ask yourself, oh my goodness, what a waste. If only they were three men who actually needed the food and water. If only these were three men that actually benefited from his exertion on a time when he should not have been exerting himself. And what do we see? No. This is Avram as the one who is the model of Chesed because it's not so much 
the recipient as much as it is the donor. That Avram Avinu is the Isha Chesed. He's doing it because he needs to emulate God. He needs to follow in the ways of Hashem. And he is to be the one who is that constant giver. And so, what do we find as well in this week's parsha? That Rivka, not only does she offer and give respond to Eliezer that he can drink water, but the offer and the follow-through of giving to all of the camels, as Eliezer says in his prayer, This is the one that you, Hashem, have designated for Yitzchak. And Rashi says, This will prove that she is fit for him. That she is a practitioner of kindness and goodness. And she's worthy to enter in order to go into the house of Avraham, not a simple act of chesed will do, but you need this chesed to, if I can use either in the extreme or what would be considered by many and to others as in the excess of chesed. Now watch. There is a very powerful Gemara. The Gemara is found in Baba Basra Yud Amar Aleph, 10a whereby to Nisrufus Harasha, a philosopher of the Romans, asked Rabbi Akiva the following question. If your God, said the philosopher, loves the poor, why doesn't he sustain them and support them? Amalei Rabbi Akiva answered, Medina shall Gehenna. Rabbi Kiva gave a very strange answer so that we, the wealthy, should be saved from the judgment of Gehenna of H E L L. Amazing. This is very nice that the poor are enabling the wealthy to go to Olam Haba. But is this really fair to the poor? Asks Rev. Elio Dessler, Sechet Tzadik V'Kodosh Levracha, in his Michtav Me'Elio, Chelek Aleph, Volume 1, page 152. And the reason I am giving you the specific location is take a look at it yourself because otherwise you might not believe me. And he asks this question. At first glance, it's not fair to the poor. And his answer is the most remarkable one. It certainly is. Now, I'm going to tell you by way of introduction, namely, Hashem. the way that God works in this world is mysterious to us. We don't understand. But he gives a whole different spin and a whole different perspective. He reminds us of the famous teaching of our rabbis found in Rus Rabbah 
as well as in Vayikra Rabba. Vayikra Rabba, it's found in Vayikra Rabba, chapter 34, verse 8. And that is as follows. When Naomi asks Rus, who comes home with her arms full of food that she has gathered from the field, the mother-in-law asks the daughter-in-law, where did you gather today? And Rus says, Shemo Ish, the name of the man, Asher Osisi Imo Hayom, that I did for him today, is Boaz. Excuse me, who did for whom? If you were to stop the video and look at this picture with Rus carrying all this produce, you would say, Boaz did for Rus. But that's not what she says. The name of the man that I did for him. What does she do for him? So the rabbis explained to us that she made Boaz into a giver. She was the vehicle. She was the manner in which he is able to fulfill his mitzvah. And as she facilitates, as results, she makes him into a giver. And therefore, says the Mechtav Me'eliyahu, that yes, the poor are here in this world because they are really givers. They are giving the ones that have the opportunity to be transformed into a giver and to be saved from the harsh perhaps judgment that would come otherwise if they weren't charitable individuals. Now, I have to tell you, the Gemara in Nida 16b tells us that at the moment of conception, the angel takes the drop of semen and brings it before HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says to God, Tipazu, Oleha, what's going to be the destiny? Will it be Gibor or Cholash? Will it be a strong individual or weak? Chacham will it be wise or foolish? Ashir o Oni, will it be wealthy or poor? And just keep in mind, points out the Talmud, that it doesn't say Russia or Tzadik. A good person or a bad person, that each individual has that opportunity. But rich or poor, is decided upstairs. But who has a bigger challenge and who has a greater reward? So the Shmos Rabbah, chapter 31, paragraph 3, on the Pasuk in Kesef Talves Ami, tells us the following, that both the wealthy and the poor each have their nisoyon, each have their test in life. And regarding the wealthy one, if he gives charity, he has his wealth in this world, and the karen, the principle of his mitzvah, he gets the reward in the world to come. And God protects him from the din of Gehenna because he gave the charity. The poor man, if he withstands his test, and Eino Miva'et, he doesn't challenge God and ask why. Why am I poor? Why can't I 
balance my checkbook? Why don't I have enough for my children? So says the Medrash, no tail kiflayim. He gets double in the world to come. Amazing that the poor man gets double in the world to come. Why? Not only does he get the schar of his mitzvos and the benefit of thou of the trials and tribulations that he endured, but a he was not complaining, but more he facilitated and enabled others to become givers. Very, very challenging and difficult for us to understand, but it definitely puts things in a very different perspective. And therefore, we learn from Parshas Chayesara, the next time an individual comes collecting at your door, instead of, God forbid, saying to your children, tell them I'm not home, and sending him away, welcome him, because very possibly he is your ticket for Olam Habor. Shabbat Shalom to all.